thanks for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. This is David Perkins, and we're so glad that you're listening. Hey, if you're a part of our family meeting online or in person, we want to encourage you to get connected at Radiant Church KC across all social media platforms. God is doing something incredible in Kansas City, and we love connecting with you, whether it's through our app or even through all the content available on our YouTube page. Hey, our prayer is that God uses this message to change your life and that you could become a dynamic disciple of Jesus. Thanks for listening. Enjoy this message. Also, uh, just really want to highlight what Nathan already said, and that is that today we launch our fall small group semester. And so uh, this is the first semester where we have uh, the right Reverend Hal Perkins. Come on, let's go, let's go, let's go. And so uh, I'm so excited. Got in late last night from uh, Kentucky, and we have some new discipleship coordinators. And so if you look out there, uh, we have got some great leaders over each what we're calling hubs. And so that means that each, each area has intentional leaders that help small groups. So there's, there's basically, I'm going to just give you the structure here so that you see it and don't understand it. All right, so we have a pastor that's leading different small group leaders, and that, that hub of leaders um, is, is, is emphasizing to pastor and lead a certain area of people. So there's, for example, there's a parenting hub. So maybe you're like, all right, I'm interested in a small group. Um, I want one that is, you would think, I want one that's about uh, family. And so if you would go to the one that says parenting, then you'll find Joe and Amy Candelaria, and they're going to help you find the right small group. So you go to the table that says parenting, you take out your phone and you take the picture and, it's, and we're going to help you find a small group connected under parenting. Or if you want one around marriage, right, then you've got Matt and Mary Willis and they're leading the hub. They're the discipleship coordinators over that hub for marriage. You're like, hey, uh, we want one specifically to marriage. So it's, so each small group kind of finds a home in in a different hub. Everybody got it? Does that make sense? You, you, are you tracking with me? So uh, there's one out there that's discipled by Jesus. We've got one that's specifically for young people. Uh, there's young adults. So we've got all these different places for you to find um, relationships, community uh, in a small group. Big deal to us. And so uh, step out of your row, get in a circle and, uh, and meet some people. All right. Hey, uh, in addition to today being small group uh, launch, we also have eight young messengers. You guys want to come up here real quickly. These are young adults that are going to be in our Bold Messengers uh, program this year. Can you give them a big hand? All right. Where's young Jay Ray? There he is. There's David. Come on. We got Jacob. He's, is, he still, is he still with us? He was just here. He's the cool guy right over here. All right. Good. Uh, this, this crew is going to uh, be with us this year. Uh, these are phenomenal uh, young people. I'm so excited about uh, this year. Here's the vision. Uh, each one of these guys, they're part-time. So while they're going to college uh, or uh, working a job, they're also plugged into the house. And uh, there's Jacob. You're just doing too many things, brother. Come on now. Let's give it up for Jacob. Uh, so, so yeah, there it is. So, so they're in prayer meetings. They'll be in, in Bible classes. They'll be doing ministry. They'll also be jumping uh, in vehicles and going and doing what we're calling bold nights across the Midwest, where they're doing uh, nights of uh, prayer and worship and teaching and helping build prayer uh, in local churches and in uh, uh, schools across the Midwest. And so uh, they're going to be on the road a little bit. So it's going to be really, really fun. So uh, I'm really excited about this crew. Stretch out your hands. Let me pray. Let's pray for them real quick. Um, Father, we just thank you for this crew. We thank you for young Jacob and all the ways that he's been running for so long. And we pray for David Jong. We thank you for who he is and been with us from the very beginning. We thank you, Lord, for Keith. 
We thank you for the favor that's on his life. We thank you for the music that's on his life. We thank you for young Dawson. God, we thank you, Lord Jesus, for what you're doing in his life. It's been fun getting to know him recently. Father, I just thank you for Thomas. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in his life and his decision to follow you and baptism and now stepping into messengers. God, we thank you for Hallie, this young worship leader. We thank you for what you're doing in her heart. We thank you for Gracie. We thank you that she's come all the way down here, Lord God, to, to, to run at Overland Park with us. And we pray that she would be a part of something powerful, move of God. We thank you for Lena. We thank you for her faithful service. We thank you for her soft heart. We thank you for these messengers. Bless them and strengthen them in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. 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 Let's give these guys a big hand. We're excited. All right. You guys can go. Uh, All right. All right. If you have your Bibles, let's go. uh, Jonah chapter one. Uh, Here's the series that we're in. We've been in this series on prayer and we called it book of prayers, meaning the Bible. And we wanted to hang out in the Old Testament. And I just wanted, for my sake, to look at the prayers (laughs) and yours, but also because I enjoy it. I wanted to look at the prayers of significant people in the Old Testament where I could look at what their prayer life looked like. So if we, want, if we want to do some of the things that they did, I want to look at some of the prayers that they prayed. I want to see what's their relationship with God like. And so we wanted to take some time, and we, we've spent 21 days in prayer where we've invited you to spend time alone with Jesus every day for 21 days. And then we've spent the Sundays working on the prayer lives of some of these leaders. And one of the things that we've discovered by looking at these prayer leaders is that these are not perfect people. These are broken people. And that's been encouraging. We found that, okay, it's really, it's really about what God is doing. It's God at work in these people, and they come to God with all their brokenness, and God's the one that does the work and brings the transformation. And so it's been fun as we looked at uh, the prayers of Moses. Um, and obviously, we can't go into all of them, but we went into some of them. And then we looked at Hannah, and we did a week on Pray Like Hannah. Um, I just got to say, uh, she was the most godly of all the ones that I studied. I mean, and uh, so, so we, studied, we studied her life, and then... Uh, we looked at pray like Elijah. That was fiery. And Elijah had big epic moments. And then Elijah had moments of being tired and weary and needed strength from God. We're going to go after today, uh, pray like Jonah. All right. So pray like Jonah, Jonah chapter one. Um, I'm going to read this text and we'll go after it. Uh, Jonah one says this, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai, go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come upon come up before me. Verse three, but Jonah ran away from the Lord. Intriguing right there. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed to Tarshish. He went down to Joppa where he found a ship bound for that port. And after paying the fare, he went, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish. Here's the, here's the reason to flee from the Lord. Father, we love you. God, we ask Lord, that as we look at Jonah today, I ask that you would help us step into the calling that you have for each one of us and that you'd help each one of us step into what you have for us as a church in Kansas City. I ask, Lord Jesus, that you would strengthen the weary. I pray, Lord God, that those who feel disconnected from God would get reconnected. We pray that we would find life in you today. We honor you and we love you in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Uh, <laughs> uh, anybody take drama in junior high? I know, I know that's real embarrassing just to start off this way. I just am. Uh, I, 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 was, I, was a, I was a junior high drama guy. Um, I was Zorro, uh, played Zorro, uh, had a mullet, got the lead role. Uh, thank you. Uh, and um, when, I, when I walked into seventh grade drama class, there was, um, there was this big sign 
uh, that said, um, there are no small roles, only small actors. And it was, now we were all small actors because we were in junior high, but, um, but, but there, it was, and it was said in like that computer paper. Remember the computer paper that was like, uh, it was like, it was like bubble jet type. Um, it just, it was all connected and you had to tear both sides of it early nineties. And so, um, so it, it's, it, and, and it just said like right, right on, on at the very top. And, and, and I, and I know what the goal was. I know that I just remember, cause I remember trying to figure out what that meant. And, and the idea I'm sure was that even if you are the stage manager and you don't go on stage, even if you are, um, even if you are, uh, if you have one line, even if you never say anything, Hey, uh, you know, do that, uh, to your best. And, and I think that's great. Um, but I just want you to know that after doing seventh, eighth, ninth, 10th, 11th, 12th, I, I would just say there were some small roles. Like there were some big roles and there were some small roles, all significant, but there were some bigger and some smaller roles. And, um, I, I just, I think that with this Jonah story, I just want you to know who the lead role is and who's the small role. And I'd love for you to think about what your role is and, and to not be confused on it because I think that, um, when it comes to Jonah and the whale, the story of Jonah and the whale, I think that it's easy for us to think, oh, this whole narrative is about Jonah and the whale. They're the lead roles. But can I tell you that the whale and Jonah are small roles? Now, the storyline of this four chapters where we lean into this reluctant prophet, it's really not so much about, it's certainly not that much about the whale. Um, the whale gets a lot of stage time in church and in uh, Sunday school and in cartoons. It's not so much about the whale. And, and it's really not that much about Jonah. If you want to talk about the, who the lead role, there is a lead role. It's God. I mean, if you really want to look at what are the lead roles in Jonah 1, 2, 3, 4, it would be big time lead role. I mean, main, main leader, main role, God. And then way distant number two is the great city. God had an agenda for the city. God wanted to use somebody to reach the city. God had a plan, an agenda, a hope, a vision, a mission, and he's looking for somebody to accomplish that mission. So don't get lost in the whale. Actually, God had to use the whale because Jonah was in disobedience. God used the whale because Jonah kept running. So I'm just telling you, there is a role that you play. There's a role that we play in the mission, but it's actually fairly small. We like to say, hey, this is about me because we're Americans. We do Instagram selfies. Uh, it's about me. As long as it's about me, I'm okay. But that's not Christianity. At the very core, I love that Zinzendorf Corp. Preach the gospel, die and be forgotten. <laughs> wow. We don't like that. We like, I will you remember me? I will remember you. But here's, here's, here's the gospel. Jesus says, hey, go into the world and make disciples of all nations. This isn't about your name and your fame. This is about his name, his fame. So this story about Jonah is God showing up to a prophet. And this first word is go. Interesting. So here's Jonah. I got a mission and I got a vision. I got something that I'm trying to accomplish. I want to reach the great city of Nineveh. And that word great, this capital of Assyria, these were people that the, the Israelites did not like because they were a violent people. And these would be the very people that that Jonah did not want to go reach. You read Jonah 1, 2, 3, 4, and Jonah, the whole story is his reluctance to go reach a people that he didn't like. 
And yet that's the mission that God had sent him on. And so if I live in a culture where it's mostly about me, I'll find a justification to go, not go do the mission that God has for me because it's not comfortable. And that's what Jonah did. Jonah goes, hey, I know that God said, go to Nineveh, go to the people that have rejected you, that are violent, that it is difficult to go to. And all of us are usually we're okay with God as long as it's just God doing stuff for me. Like we give you the spiritual journey. And so we say, hey, we want to help you know God. Let's, do, let's, let's gather together with the saints. Um, let's worship on a Sunday. Let's study the word of God together. Let's every day be with Jesus. Let's have prayer meetings. A lot of people, good. Boom, I like that one. I'll do that one. Then we'll go, let's find freedom. Let's gather in small groups. And we want to help you get connected to some community. A lot of people go, yeah, that's awesome. I'll do that one. Yeah, I need that. I like that. Then we help you in the journey where we go. And here's the moment. This is the line where we say, step over that line. Go to DNA and discover your spiritual gifts so that you can pour out your lives for other people. And that's the one where people go, I ain't going there. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. As long as it's about me, I, I, I want to I know God and, and I want to have friends. And so th- these two are real, really pretty easy, right? I mean, some people go, uh-uh, I ain't going in a circle. It's the, but, 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 but at some point, you'll go, hey, at some point, you'll be alone with God enough where you'll be with him and you'll be like, no, I really do want... I, do, I really do see that the context of community and, and, and being with people is significant. And, but the hard one is for people to go, I'm going to step into how has God wired me? And, and that's difficult because once you go into that, the whole purpose of spiritual gifts is to, is to actually pour your life out for others. So when Paul talks about, hey, I'm like, a, I'm like, I pour out my life like a drink offering. We're fine as long as we're being filled up like a drink. But the moment we go pour myself out, I'm not so sure. I don't know that I want to pour my life out. So then that's what's going on with Jonah. And if you look at the story of Jonah, God says, go to Nineveh. And Jonah says, I'll go the opposite way. And I'll go get on a boat headed for Tarshish. Now, it's interesting because when we think of Jonah, we think disobedience. We think some people use reluctant prophet. That's kind of the nice word. Uh, but, But when you study What's the motive? What's going on inside of Jonah? Jonah's not disobedient like partier Jonah. He's not disobedient like when we talk about the prodigal. We did that series on the prodigal. We talked about that the motive of the prodigal is he's going to go spend his life on self. And, and, and that Luke 15 preaches easy in American culture because that is the little G God of our culture. Hey, spend it on me. Let's do, uh, let's do, let's do fun. Let's do uh, perpetual party. Life's about me. Okay, Jonah's a different storyline. Jonah's a prophet of God and his disobedience is not a choice to run from God to go pursue the pleasures of the planet. Jonah's sin is that he didn't want to do his calling. Like Jonah, like the whale story, the I'm going to send a storm, I'm going to send a fish, is Jonah was a prophet that just didn't want to embrace the discomfort and pain of doing his calling. I mean, imagine just the simplicity of go to Nineveh, I'll go to Tarshish. And when he gets on the boat, 
The whole story is how he goes down, down, down. So he goes down to Joppa and he gets on the boat and then he goes down into the bottom of the boat and then they throw him overboard and he goes down into the bottom of the sea. And at the bottom of the sea is where we find Jonah chapter two, where Jonah finally starts to have a conversation with God and pray. And he finally prays. Actually, you find the sailors in Jonah one praying before Jonah, the prophet prays. And where I want to go today is Jonah chapter two, but I just want you to see the context of Jonah's disobedience and, and even God chasing him down. This is not, this is a big word, salvific. This is not salvation. This is God chasing down somebody that doesn't want to do their calling. And I was just thinking about us. And, and, and maybe if we were to say, what's our, what's our play in Kansas City? Maybe the storyline that we would see, it's not Radiant Church. It's not your name. The big actor, the player, the one who matters, the significant role in the story, the big character in the narrative, the lead is God. And God's got a vision. It's, it's the city. And could it be, it's interesting because even when you look at, um, when you look at the people that God has used powerfully, it's the people that said yes to their calling. And it's in the context of saying yes to calling that we see presence, right? Like old school church, you know, Matthew 28, Go into all the world, make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, teaching them to do everything I've called you. And surely I am with you to the end of time. So old school, we always say, no go, no low, right? If you don't go, no low, I'm with you always, right? Meaning when you look at the apostles going, it's the context of their obedience to God that they experience the presence of God to do the miraculous things for the gospel to go forth. So many people get so bored with Christianity because they live a self-centered consumer Christianity because it's not based on others, it's based on self. But it's in the moment when you start to go after others where you say, I'm going to step out of what's comfortable and I'm going to actually be obedient to my calling and get around people that are uncomfortable and live with them in mind and pour myself out that you start to see the miraculous presence of God. And that causes you to live a different kind of way because you fundamentally start to care about people instead of comfort. You fundamentally start to think about them. So Friday, uh, this is just a funny example, but Friday I'm sitting around with my, my family and Renata was uh, working on the Flourish event. And so it was just, it was just the four kids and me. And um, that's the kind of day where uh, we don't get anything done, but we eat a lot of seafood and have a great time. So um, we're, but we're talking and, and we're just, we're just dialoguing. I mean, we're just, I don't even know the full context, but out of nowhere, one of my children, I mean, very strange out of nowhere says, Hey, have you guys seen so-and-so it's, and, and we're like, and they were like, what, what, what happened to him? And we're like, we just, no, I don't know. I, we haven't heard from him in five years. Uh, yeah, it was, there was this guy that we knew five years ago and hadn't seen him in five years and maybe four. And, and then it was just kind of a, huh, I wonder, wonder what, wonder where that person is. I wonder what's going on with them. And, and it was honestly kind of a strange moment. Cause then it was like, I don't know. And then we went right back on to what we were doing. 
I'm not exaggerating. You, you can ask my children this story. So on Friday, like we go from that, we go, we're at home, we go from there and we go to a coffee shop. We just, on our, on our Sabbath, we do a little tribal Bible together where we just spend time with God and we get into the car. We're about to pull out and walking in the distance in the parking lot is the very guy. This was Friday. The very guy that one of my kids had just said, where's so-and-so? Have you ever seen what's been years? And in that moment, if we hadn't had the conversation 120 minutes prior, I would have been like, and I just saw that person. I probably would have just, I, I, I probably would have just driven away like, oh, yeah. But, but we had our eye out, right? Like I kind of was alerted by the Holy Spirit two hours. So I chased that guy down. <laughs> Me, kids, wait in the minivan. Dad's chasing down that dude. I'll be back. Go chase down the guy on Friday and just, I don't even know what I'm supposed to do, but I just start encouraging, asking questions. Just how you doing? What's up, 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 and, and here's what I'm talking. There's just, just a little sliver of delight on Friday. A little jaw dropping. Hmm. Hmm. God, you want to use people. God, you're at work. Let's go. And I'm just telling you, I'm telling you, it's real easy. It's just so easy to say, to kind of think, I'm going to jump into the Christian deal and I will say yes to a point. As long as it's about me, I'll say yes. But there's a moment. God is still wanting to reach difficult people. God's still wanting to reach Nineveh. God's still, it, it hasn't changed. God's still wanting to use the people of God to reach the people that are far from God. And that's not comfortable. That's like, man, I just like take my latte and go, baby, let's go. That's like, that's like, let's just hang out around my comfortable friendships instead of actually choosing to follow that God I want the presence of the Lord on my life. And there is a unique, tangible presence. Don't get me wrong. We experience God's presence. We have an indwelling presence. We get to walk in the Holy Spirit. And the manifest presence of God, where God leads his people, there is something measurable on the people that say, I'm going to step out of what's comfortable and do my calling and step into it. And God goes, ooh, let me open a few doors. Let, let me, and, and, and here's what the cynics say. The cynics go, chance. Ah, they're making it up. Till you step into it and you drive away with your kids and you go, there's 2.3 million people in the metro area. We had a conversation about that guy a couple hours ago. A cynic can't talk you out of it. That you go, God's on the move. And I want to, I, I know that sometimes we can be discouraged because we read epic stories and you say, I've never been swallowed by a whale, baby. I mean, it's just, I live a boring life compared to Jonah. But some of your boredom exists because you haven't said yes to sacrificially laying your life down for people that are hard to reach. And as long as I'm in Israel, or maybe I'll go to Tarshish. I'll just go to Tarshish. <laughs> Surely there's somebody there I can be a little light to. Don't settle for being a little light. Be obedient. Don't settle um, to be just an inspiration. Stand before God one day saying, 
I have finished the work that you gave me to do. Not perfect. I'm not talking about perfection. I'm broken. I'm as broken as Jonah. Messed up. But God, your hand was on me and I refused to live comfortably. And I, and, and, and I know this is a hard one to preach because we look at, I mean, for me, I looked at the prayers of Moses and, and, and Moses had this immaturity. We looked at Hannah. Hannah had this soft heart of obedience, quick to say yes. Looked at Elijah and he had the great epic moments, but then he had the moments of real discouragement. And then you get here to Jonah and Jonah had this like flagrant disobedience. And even in that flagrant disobedience, like intentional, I'm going to go to Tarshish. Do you see the mercy and the kindness of God who chases him down? Do you see the God who's so gracious that if you say no to the word, go to Nineveh. No, I'll go to Tarshish. And you still have God saying, send the storm and the fish. Let's go. In his mercy and his kindness, he chases down his disobedient, selfish prophet. It's not actually a mean God. It's a gentle, kind, loving God to show his grace and say, I got a plan for you. I ain't done with you, brother. Let's go. And you might even even refuse to pray while all of the, the sailors who aren't even followers of God pray. And God still says, I'm gonna chase you down. I'm going after you. I just think it's significant because when we look at the heart of God, we know that God desires that none would perish, but that all would come to repentance. And I just think it's easy for us to say, I'm gonna settle for being a little light because we sang that song when we were in children's church, this little light of mine. And so we decided to just be a little light instead of laser clear obedient to the specific calling that God has on our lives. And we've created a generalized Christianity instead of an obedient Christianity. We've created this, this, this tangible way where we, we settle for less than the fullness of what God has for us. So I just want us to see Jonah. And finally, we get to the moment where Jonah prays. And I just want to encourage you, God still hears the prayers of the desperate. God hears the prayer. And when you get to Jonah 2, God's provided this big fish to swallow Jonah. And that's even the language God provided. Like you can read it like it's his generosity. So you can look at the storm that you're currently in or look at the thing that looks like it might have swallowed you up. And instead of looking at that as your biggest problem, saying my circumstance is too difficult, maybe you could look at it and say, hey, in the midst of my difficult circumstance, God is providing this challenging moment for me to look to God finally instead of looking towards what I want. So finally... So you can look at the pandemic and say the pandemic is full of pain and I'm so mad and I'm not getting what I used to have in my income and blah, 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 blah. Or you can look at that moment where you're in a level of brokenness and God still hears the prayers of a desperate person that says, okay, I'm finally looking to you. And that's what Jonah 2 is. Jonah 2 is that moment. And I know, it's not all the same. I'm not trying to categorically say that every single difficulty is God chasing us down because sometimes, I mean, sometimes you can be right in the will of God and God walking you through a challenging season. So you can look at Joseph and Joseph goes to prison and it's Joseph's in God, the center of God's will. Paul and Silas are in the center of God's will and singing in the prison. Jonah's not in God's will and God sends the prison. I mean the fish, but it's, a, it's I mean, it's, whew, that's rough. 
It's a nasty prison. And yet in all three scenarios or all these scenarios, the answer is always use that dungeon. Use that belly of the, or throat or however it works and the fish as a moment to seek God. And whether you're in the center of his will or if you have decided to go to Tarshish and he's rebooting you, that's the moment to pray like Jonah prayed. That's the moment to sing like Paul and Silas, sing. In the middle of your chaos, in the middle of your storm, in the middle of your pain, in the middle of that challenging moment, and maybe God's got your attention to finally pray. Finally go, I'll look to God. And God hears the prayers of desperate Jonah, who finally prays. When Renata and I and our kids moved here, um, we had a moment where on April 6th, 2016, um, it was a week where I had a lot of things scheduled and I suddenly uh, got sick to where I was, um, I, had, I got shingles and um, I, I didn't even know what shingles was, had to Google it uh, before I moved here. Then I was into studying it because I suddenly had it, but I, I couldn't, I'm, 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 I'm here, I've got no church yet, I've got no mobilization, strength to go meet with people, go, I've, I can't lead the prayer meetings, I, I couldn't, I had a trip that I was supposed to go on, I couldn't go on the trip, it's my son's birthday and I couldn't go celebrate with him and I found myself on, literally on my back in a city where I didn't have an income, didn't have anything and I just remember the moment where the, hmm, I laid on an apartment floor right here, 143rd in Metcalf. And I played a song over and over again. And all I had the strength to do was just play a worship song. And I didn't, I, I didn't have the strength to do anything else, but it was in that moment that I knew it was like God saying, I told you, I'll build my church. It's not about your strength, it's about mine. And that was a prison moment for me. You've had yours. You know yours. That's the belly of the fish moment. And I don't know all the different ways of how to look at that moment other than I do know that at the end of that week, I know I was more dependent on God and I had one song that became my anthem. I had one song that I just started to play over and over again. Listen, it could be that the moment that feels like there's stomach acid and it stinks and it's dark and you're enclosed and you can't see and it's the pit and you're gonna drown. It could be that it's in that moment that if you'll turn to God and finally say, all right, I'm gonna do dialogue with God and pray and get with him, that you'll finally go, all right, God with me. God commanded the fish and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. And then three, one, great turning. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Don't you love the second time? I'm not done with you yet, Jonah. What? Yeah, I don't care. I don't care how, if you have turned your back on God and defiantly said no, God still says, let's pray, let's talk, brother. And then God's still the God of the second chance. And probably the third chance, probably the fourth chance, probably the fifth chance. Go to the great city of Nineveh. He just, you read Jonah 1 and then you read Jonah 3 and you go, it's just a do-over. You just get to try again. 
So the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim to, the, proclaim to it the message I gave you. Messengers, there it is. It's not about you. You go to the cities. It's about God. You're the messengers. In verse 3, Jonah 3.3, 3, Jonah obeyed. That's just where you stop. That's the glory land. That's, that's the vision where you just get to this place where I just, oh, I just obey. And it's usually the place after the moments with God where you've prayed and you've cried out that you get to the place where you start to obey. It's usually where it's a great relationship where you're close to God that you, that you, that you even know what the command is. That you've been in the word of God and you even know what he's telling, what he's saying, and you've got it right there. You can hear the, the rhema word, what the Holy Spirit's saying, and you can read the written word, and you know what the Bible says, so you've got something deep in your heart to go obey. Otherwise, we're just kind of like, I don't know, my soul's saved in the vault of heaven, and I'm marinating on planet Earth to heaven, baby. Oh, there's, there's something more than that. It's, I'm dialoguing with, with God, and I walk with him. And I just think it's important for us to get no matter how broken, messed up. And, and, and God, I, I know this sounds harsh because I'm an American and I like to dream the dream of what I want to be and do and accomplish. But God derails Jonah's dream. Jonah had a dream for his life. It's called Tarshish. But God said... I have a vision for your life. It's the great city. So the people of Radiant Church are not the people that say, hey, I do what I want to do. I tag God like I would on Instagram and say, you with me, baby? Let's go. Give me some comfort and some power along the way. Mm. No, we're the people that have said, I have decided to follow Jesus. Now we'll go. And Monday through Saturday are the most strategic days to go into the city that needs God and declare Christ in every school, business, neighborhood, hospital, city, city pool, city hall, city, every, go into Kansas City and, and be intentionally obedient. Every little light, every little yes. And I was looking at just the, the prayer of Jonah. Jonah prays. And Jonah 2, and I'll just read it to you. Because when you look at God, and you get to Jonah 4, and I'll, spoiler alert, God uses Jonah for a revival in Nineveh. And Jonah says five words. Jonah's not that great. Jonah's a subpar messenger. But God's power uses a weak man to reach a city. Here's what he actually says. And the whole goal of this series is to look at the actual prayers of real people. In my distress, I call to the Lord. And listen, I call it a distressed prayer. In my distress, I call to the Lord. And he answered me. From deep in the realm of the dead, I called for help, and you listened to my cry. 
You hurled me into the depths, into the heart of the seas, and the currents swirled about me. All your waves and breakers swept over me. I said, I have been banished from your sight, yet I will look toward your holy temple. In his distress, and as he's thrown into the sea, Jonah prays this prayer from the belly of the fish, or inside the fish, and sees, as he's drowning, he sees this moment of the fish swallowing him, or he, where he doesn't die. And he's in the moment that I almost drowned, God, you've rescued me. A lot of scholars talk about how much Jonah 2 sounds like many of the Psalms. And that in the moment of his pain, he knew the Psalms and could pray because it was inside of him. How great when you've studied the word of God that in their crisis, in your moment, you've got something on the inside and something to pray. So he pours out his gratitude and his thanks to God. And then I just put that this next part is a detailed part. And I think that's significant. In your time with God, I think to say, God, thank you for rescuing me. Just like Jonah said here, thank you. God, you did this, you're at work. And then he gets real specific. The engulfing waters threatened me. The deep surrounded me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. That's specific. That's a detailed prayer. He's giving God, here's what's going on in my life. To the roots of the mountains, I sank down. The earth beneath barred me in forever. But you, Lord, my God, brought me up from the pit. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord. And my prayers rose to you, to your holy temple. It's specific. It's, I got seaweed around my, I think sometimes we have detailed task lists and generic prayer lists, like detailed anxieties. And we're generalists in our prayers. I got this to do, this to do, this to do, this to sign, this, 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 this. I, this is causing me pain, this, 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 this. And then when my prayer life is, you know, bless me and, you know, save the world. You know, see ya. But what if we were more detailed in our prayers and you named it? Here's the journey that I'm on. God, God, be at work in this person who needs healing. God, be at work at this area of my life that is not obedient to you. And you're specific. Even like seaweed problems where you're like, if he's talking about seaweed on his head. You're saying, God, heal this in my body. God, would you do this for these people? God, would you be this person that I work with at my business and be specific, God, and name it, be specific. When you name it, when you write it and you're specific, you can go back and have something substantive to say. No, God, I prayed. I'm just telling you, it was really weird to write this outline and then have it play out in front of me on Friday. I'm just telling you. Just really, really bizarre to just see like, huh. Because it's actually the people that pray that see the most coincidences. It's actually the people that have spent time and the whole world goes, chance, coincidence, mm, hyped up spiritual person that makes things up. Last one is this. Verse eight, those who cling to worthless, worthless idols turn away from God's love for them. But I, you get this determined prayer. Here's where I'm going. And this is, to me, this is, this is my favorite moment in Jonah because this is where you get to the heart. For me, 2.8 and 2.9 
It's, this is the heart transformation. So the obedience is on the other side of the heart transformation, but the heart transformation comes when circumstance is so bad and so death, I mean, staring death in the face. And finally, Jonah turns. Those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them. But I, I with shouts of grateful praise and sacrifice to you, will sacrifice to you. I'll sacrifice. What I have vowed, I will make good. I will say, I'm gonna be a messenger. Salvation comes from the Lord. And Jonah goes back to finish his calling. You know, there's lots of seasons, I think, where uh, I would invite you to think of it almost like a daily or weekly. This week, am I going to Tarshish or am I going to Nineveh? To reset. Am I going to do what I want and just go where I want? Or will I get close enough to God to hear what he's told me to do and embrace the life of obedience. Okay. Who's your Nineveh? What's he called you to do? Can you name it? Has he called you to disciple teenagers? Has he called you to serve the poor? Has he called you to disciple men? Has he called you to disciple young moms? They've got a lot on their plates and need a lot of help. Has he called you to share the good news of the gospel with your coworkers that think you're crazy. What's your Nineveh? Because most of us could say it. Most of us know what's comfortable, what we want. And almost every one of us have been, we've been discipled into an American dream where we can verbalize what we want. And that's for most of us, Tarshish. I mean, just look, look at every apostle that goes and they just give their lives and they see we see miracles in the book of Acts God at work and yet they actually give their lives as martyrs so don't don't create a, a, a category that says I'm saved and I'm going to hang out in the house but I'm gonna live in disobedience to mission and purpose and calling. Get saved. Get around people that help you and make this resolution. I'm gonna obey everything he calls me to. And in his kindness and in his mercy, when you fall short, he'll just come and send a little storm out of his love for you. Send a little big fish, rescue you, get you back on track and say, don't quit. Don't stop. You're calling what I've called you to do with my presence. I will be with you and you'll find more delight in a difficult circumstance with the presence of God than doing what you want your own pleasure 
and living at a distance. Lo, I am with you always. I'm with you. You gotta go. First word to Jonah, go. Hard word for us, but it's the Christian mission, Christian journey. Will you stand with me? We just ask the Holy Spirit, what's my calling, God? Even us just, just, just believing that the Holy Spirit speaks and puts a burden in our hearts, which is, God, help me live. I want to be obedient. I pray for, for those of you today that you feel like this message really spoke to you and, um, and God's inviting you to something. I just wanna, I wanna pray for you. I'm not gonna have you leave your seat, but there's, there's a specific move in your heart right now. We just raise your hand. I'm gonna pray a 30 second prayer for you. If you go today, this is God speaking to me. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray. Lord, would you give courage, strength, your presence to those that, you're stirring today. Be at work in their lives. Pray that the dreams of God would take place in Kansas City, this city that you love. Use us. In Jesus' name. Thank you. You can put your hands down. If today you'd like to surrender your life to Jesus and say, I don't want to go my way. I want to follow Jesus. I want to invite you. Would you just raise your hand? I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. Would you just say this to the Lord Jesus? I give you my life. I surrender to you. Be the Lord of my life. Change me from the inside out. Make me a new person. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, we want to help you go on the journey as a follower of Jesus. I'd invite you to do two things. One, have somebody pray for you up here in just a moment. We'll resource you. We have a Bible for you right up here. We would love to pray with you. And I'll just tell you right now, if you could jump into a small group, today is the best day to go find a small group in the lobby and get connected, get closer as a disciple of Jesus. Prayer team, I'd like to invite you to come forward and I'm gonna close just praying for our offering. If you wouldn't mind, if you filled out that connection card, just dropping that connection card in the bucket as it passes by so that we can be in touch with you this week. Just place your hand over your heart. Jesus, we ask that you to use Radiant Church. Preach the gospel. We pray that you'd use us, Lord God. We'd say yes as obedient faithful, not perfect, but all in. And I pray that that Jonah 2, 8 prayer, I'll go. I'll obey. We pray that we would say yes. Make us obedient. Help us. Strengthen us. And God, as we begin this new semester of small groups, 
I pray, Lord God, that this would be spiritual strength within our church. Lord, I ask, Lord, that we would become closer and closer to you, closer and closer to each other, that we'd stay strong. I pray that you would construct great faith. I pray that you would be at work in our hearts and our lives. Take what we give. We give cheerfully and gladly and obediently in Jesus' name.